You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a Wednesday edition of the podcast. Plenty to get to ahead on today's Locked On Utes. Hope you guys are all doing well out there. Brian, fill our listeners in on where we are going here on this hump day edition of the show. To the moon, Jake. Let's go to the moon. We're going to the moon. I hear there's great cheese there. Well, that's the hope, right? <laughs> Got to be something like a little extra cheddar. <laughs> now, we're going to talk about the breaking news from yesterday of Ian Martinez entering into the transfer portal. We're also going to take a swing by the old spring ball update central and talk tight ends and how the tight ends might be used going forward and discuss a little bit about this continued praise regarding Charlie Brewer, how much of it is real and how much is just hype. And then we're going to finish things off, Jake. There was a crime committed in St. George. (laughs) There was, and we'll talk about that. Uh, Plenty to get to ahead. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited to be back co-hosting, so let's have some fun and get into it here. This is the Locked on Utes podcast for April 7th, 2021. Once again, this is the Locked On Utes podcast. My name is Jake Hatch. That over there is Brian Brown, and I can see him. You guys can. At some point, we might start doing some video formats of this podcast, unless you see Brian's lovely face. But we are your co-host tandem, talking all things Utah athletics every single day. My apologies for missing earlier this week. Had some other duties to attend to. But Brian, thank you for filling filling in admirably as as a host, I guess, a single host on the show Jake it's always a pleasure to get you back uh, it's not always a pleasure to do that alone uh, I feel like I get tired of my own voice so I appreciate everybody bearing with me as I talk through a lot of that stuff it's things are always better when there's more involved like just like pretty bird and french fries and podcasting right okay I love me some pretty bird I love me some podcasting but man that's just you just made me hungry, Brian. That, that was the wrong thing to go to go off on on a tangent to kick off the show because now I'm gonna, gonna think about fried chicken. I can tell you that much. Chicken nuggets. Mm. <laughs> All right, Brian. Let's talk about the big news of the day. Obviously, yesterday a little bit of a shock, but at the same time, not necessarily a huge shock. But freshman guard Ian Martinez has entered his name into the NCAA transfer portal. I have confirmed it myself via my source, who feeds me this information, has access to the database, and Martinez is in the portal. What are your initial reactions to him entering his name into the database? Not super surprised. I think the timing is is likely what we were waiting on with this for some kind of a resolution. Craig Smith was on uh, locally with Spence Checkets on ESPN 700 on the drive the other day. Uh, He talked about how Martinez had been working out with whatever. I I, I don't know if it's individual workouts or or what they're able to do. I'm not as well versed with basketball guidelines as I am football. But he had been working out with the team and that 
in another conversation had mentioned that they were going to take their time in filling that third assistance chair. And for those who don't know, the correlation is that Ian Martinez basically came to the University of Utah because they gave his father, Henry, a job. Yes. And you can think whatever you want about that. I know there are people out there that would make the correlation that, well, I wish my dad could go get me a job or <laughs> the other way around. Like, I wish I could go get my dad a job. I, I don't know. Um, but that's just how college basketball works. If, if you're sure. not going to cheat outright, then you have to find ways to do it within the bylaws. And that's one way to do it. And so when Smith said that, I felt like that was pretty much the nail in the final nail in the sense of Henry Martinez returning as an assistant coach. The only question is, was there going to be an off court role that they could put him into? And it just didn't materialize. So with that, Martinez leaves, he exits the program. It is, I don't want to get hyperbolic here. Um, hyperbolic, hyperbolic. You got it. Hyperbolic. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a big loss. Yeah. This is he was you're now down three of the four best players on this team through via the transfer portal with possibly four of five coming. Yeah, I'm with you on that point. Is you it's a significant loss because he was playing really well down the stretch run of that of the season and this is a kid, I think you and I both talked about this multiple times on this podcast as we saw him really start to blossom in his role and really start to establish himself in this rotation. You thought, okay, if he sticks around Utah, he could be a key part of this lineup for the next potential four years because obviously COVID uh, this year doesn't count against anybody eligibility-wise. So it is disappointing to see him exit the program. I do think you need to say, hey, you wish him well and hope that he and his father both land on their feet wherever they're comfortable and get their opportunity to show what they can do at a new program. But, man, yeah, I'm with you in the fact that this is a pretty significant loss when you combo it with the losses of Timmy Allen and, Alf and Alfonso Plummer. And that's not to say that neither of them could decide to come back, but both of them have indicated they're going to pursue NBA options and other pro options uh, and then maybe at last resort consider coming back. Yeah, and I don't have anything official to report on either of those, but from the conversations that I've had with people who would know, it does not seem likely that either will return to the University of Utah regardless. Okay. So that is that makes it a very difficult situation, and in essence it becomes a full rebuild for Craig Smith. And, yeah. and there are two players I think that we're kind of waiting on word right now. One is Pella Larson, mm -hmm. who initially the, the thought process was, yeah, he's staying no matter what. Now it seems to be he's feeling things out with the new staff, but engaging in workouts, the staff knows him. They're they're around him on a daily basis. I think that only will help solidify things in terms of getting him to stay at the University of Utah. The one that, unfortunately, as Coach Smith mentioned in the interview, is is not around the program right now is Mickey Yontanen. And that one, if he does leave, that will be a very, very painful loss for the University of Utah. And it's just – when you think about what the program's now been through in the last two years in terms of players either not being able to come to the University of Utah or, or exiting in transfers, uh, it, it's a massive loss of talent. Yeah, that that's the thing right there. Is it, it is a loss of talent. There's no doubt about that. And I think, uh, man... I can understand Mickey Yontanen deciding, you know what, I'm going to go home, make money, and play pro ball over in Europe. But that's just is yet another 
shot to a already, I think, difficult rebuilding job. I know that Gabe Madsen has joined the program here. Uh, he's the first, I guess, official addition from the transfer portal for the University of Utah that became official yesterday. But, yeah, I'm with you, Brian. This is looking more and more like that you're going to have to give Craig Smith some time here to piece things back together. And I think the thought is that everybody has seen what he did at Utah State, putting together a pretty stout roster and a, a pretty good team. Obviously, they won two Mountain West Conference titles and played for a third, so he knows what he's doing roster-building-wise, but this may be a little bit deeper of a hole than he faced up in Logan. The hope is that you can rebuild the roster through the portal while also adding recruits from yeah. for the 2022 class, and I think that's where things have really unraveled. And, and the University of Utah has just caught a ton of bad luck over the last few years in terms of recruiting. Had Laurie Markinen committed, and then at the last minute he flips to Arizona. Had Emmanuel Acott uh, committed at the last minute flips to Arizona. I wonder what the correlation is there, Jake. No idea. <laughs> he deadpanned into the microphone. Uh, had uh, uh, Norbert to listen, ready to come in for, for this season, yeah. was declared ineligible because he competed in too many hours, which is the most ridiculous rule for the NCAA to ever have, especially when you're allowing all the rampant cheating that you're allowing. Well, that's the thing I was going to say. The NCAA is sticking or making a stand on some of the dumbest, dumbest spots I have ever seen in my entire life, and that's one of them that's right up there among the top. It is, and it's a very dumb rule, and I always point to the Jeremy Bloom situation where he was never able to make money off of being a skier while playing football for the Colorado Buffaloes as the dumbest way that you could ever manage sports while still allowing guys, amateur baseball players, to go make money. Uh, I'm getting off on a tangent here. Let's get back to it. So the listen was supposed to be here this year. Caleb Lohner was supposed to be there this year. And so the little talent that you did have to compete with, obviously it led to the season that it did. And now what you're staring in the face is that last year could be the the better of the two seasons that are coming up, right? And that's the scary part. And that's the, the, yeah, it is concerning. There's no doubt about that. But I do want to give Craig Smith a little bit of the benefit of the doubt here because there's still time for him to go out and find guys in the portal and bring them in. And I know that you have mentioned this on the podcast earlier this week. If you go over to UteZone.com, uh, Steve Bartle did a great job breaking down some of the targets that Craig Smith is currently chasing or may chase uh, in terms of additions to this roster. So I am going to just say my, my PSA for today is to give Craig Smith a a little longer leash than you may be thinking you should give him because he has proven, at least in the three years he was at Utah State, he used the portal to great effect, found a lot of good guys in the portal, and built very competitive rosters. So let's see what he does. And then, obviously, once the games start next season, we'll be able to cast more of a judgment on how he did building that roster. Without a doubt, it, this is, and we talked about this as we talked about making a move in general to bring in a new head coach, that this was a possibility. And I don't think that he needs to be judged uh, specifically on losing these players. They're not his players. Yeah. And, and the other part of it, Jake, we really don't know what's going on behind the scenes entirely with the athletic department. Sure. It could be that Craig Smith is the face of some decisions that were made to kind of clean house and, and really bring in a new vibe and atmosphere. 
so that the program can start off on a on a different level. And the other aspect too is that the portal is ripe with talent right now. As, yeah. as you mentioned, there are a few targets that uh, Steve Bartle has identified through his conversations. That is behind a paywall. You will need to go get one of those free trials, but it's worth it. I promise. Um, just the other part of it too is that you subscribe. By the way, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why you wouldn't go subscribe at Udzone anyways, but. Um, there's more information on the board there than you probably even want to digest about this program at the, at this point. Uh, but there are, there's plenty of talent available there. There are good recruits in state. There are going to be recruits that they're going to start focusing on outside of the state. We've heard about the uh, connections that Eric Peterson has with the international recruits and, and, in Texas as well, which is a basketball hotbed, two excellent areas where they can pull from. We know DeMarlo Slocum has very strong connections in the AAU um, world, and and so those are ways that they can pull talent. And I think the biggest thing is just figuring out a way to get enough guys from the transfer portal while balancing that with good recruits that you can start building your program with next year. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And we'll continue to track this. Obviously, it's going to be a kind of a long-running storyline that will be something that we continue to talk about throughout the offseason here. We'll make sure to bring you guys anything when it comes to the latest with regards to what's going on with the running Utes. All right, Brian, let's do flip the script a little bit and talk a little bit about Utah football. We want to talk a little bit about the tight end position. Uh, Freddie Whittingham as well as Brant Keithy and Dalton Kincaid spoke to the media earlier this week about that position group. We'll examine that here more momentarily we do need to take a minute today and talk to you guys though about our good friends at built bar i don't know how much more you and i can say brian other than that we are huge fans of built bar i absolutely love eating a built bar i'm eating less right now because i'm doing a uh what what we'll call a health challenge to lose some weight and i have been challenged to eat less of them but i can tell you this much eating less of them only makes me want to eat them more I have picked up the slack that you've left off, Jake. I'm now up to two to three a day, depending on what happens in my day-to-day. And the best part about it is I don't feel any guilt if it's a three-bar day because they taste delicious, they satisfy my sweet tooth, Mm -hmm. and I'm getting good protein out of it. It's a great in-between snack, as we've talked about. If you've got that, if you get that hangriness between breakfast and lunch, or if you get that afternoon lull where you're getting tired and you don't want to slam a caffeine, uh, I don't know what a caffeine is. You don't want to slam caffeine. Uh, so, it's, it's, it, look, but y'all heard the reads. You, you heard us talk about it. Go get you some Bilt Bar right now. Jake, what's the promo code? Yeah, locked15 at builtbar.com. That is the place to do it. You can get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com. Over 20 different flavors out there. I guarantee you'll be able to find at least two or three, if not five, six, seven, eight, nine, or 10 of them that you will enjoy. So, give them a shot. That's builtbar.com. Promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off the best tasting protein bars anywhere folks get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the locked on today podcast host peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts follow the locked on today podcast on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts all right brian let's talk some utah football and in particular let's talk utah tight ends the most coveted position for Utah fans for the last few years, without a doubt. This program is big on ball control, and there's no better way to control the ball than to throw into the old reliable, your tight ends. And Utah's got four of them, Jake. And I don't know about you. I don't see a lot of offenses these days that are running four tight end sets. Uh, yeah, I'd say you're hard-pressed to find that in, in major college football, but... 
the the thing is, you can think back, Brian. I don't think too far back to when Utah. It seemed like tight end was just a ghost town. Like it was just not part of how this offense operated. Obviously, Andy Ludwig has come in and really used them to great effect. But he's got an embarrassment of riches at this position group. And obviously, it's headlined by Brant Keithy. He also got Thomas Yasmin, uh, Dalton Kincaid, the transfer from the University of San Diego, and then. I would call Mr. Old Reliable Cole Fotheringham, who might be the most traditional of all the tight ends. Yeah, our, our personal favorite, Mr. Heavenly Fotheringham, is is uh, <laughs> a special uh, being, I guess you could say. Uh, no, but um, all jokes aside, there is a, a absolute glut of talent there at the tight end position. And so the question asks itself, what are you going to do with all of them? And I think yeah. Brant Keithy is an easy one to answer, right? Because his versatility allows you to do a variety of things. You can run him in the slot. Mm-hmm. You can put him at that H-back position. Utah calls it the U-back. Yes. You can actually even put him in the backfield for some heavy packages because he played running back in high school. Correct. And his athleticism and versatility allows him to carry the ball that way as well. But it's the Dalton Kincaid, Thomas Yasmin, uh, Cole Fotheringham, rotation that probably will need to be figured out at some point. And where I think you can really see some growth is, is Fotheringham is without a doubt your edge setter. And the reason that that's super important is in the run game, you have to have that edge player who can make sure that the edge gets set in your blocking. And that's where Cole really excels. He's also great in, in a lot of these actions where you, in essence, pull the tight end like he's a tackle in yeah. some of the counters or some of the power plays. But he's versatile enough to where you can run him on some some shallow routes. If you go back and watch the film, there's a lot of times where Fotheringham is drawing the defense in and allowing Utah to go over the top because he's such a threat. He is six foot four. He's two hundred fifty pounds, and he is incredible, incredibly athletic. He can go up and get balls down in the red zone. I think he has that. A very memorable catch at UCLA where he mossed the defender after Britton Covey threw him the ball. Yep. So an ability to be explosive, go vertical, everything like that. So the question is, how do you incorporate Dalton Kincaid and Thomas Yasmin? Well, Yasmin can do it all as well. He can set the edge. His one fault is just that he hasn't played a lot of football, sure. but the athleticism and everything else is there. And I do expect him to make more of a presence this year. And then the same with Kincaid. So you basically have two edge-setting tight ends in Cole Fotheringham and Yasmin, and then Kincaid and Keithy can be your H-back, U-back, interchangeable uh, tight ends. And, and where that benefits you is matchups. Yeah, and that's the nice part about it. You can, you can, uh, you can scheme for these guys going into a, a week and say, okay, uh, Yasmin, you're going to do this. You're going to do that. And I know you're not going to try and tip off the defense to know what they're doing, but the nice part is you mentioned they're, they're kind of two, two different types of tight ends, but you can platoon them together, play them together, interchange them, and you can attack defenses in many different ways. I actually had a conversation with a college coach not too long ago, uh, and he was talking about the fact that the tight end truly has become the X factor in many great offenses. If you have an elite tight end, you are setting yourself up for massive success just because of the versatility of that position. And it, it, yeah, it's absolutely incredible. I can think back to watching Cole Father and kind of like talked about kind of some of those pole blocks. I call them cross blocks where they're not attached. They're they're back off the line, but they come across and they just absolutely pound whoever that edge defender is to open up that hole on that back cut. It, it's a very 
very critical position, and I think Utah, they've got, an like I said, an embarrassment of riches at that position group, and I think it's only going to make this offense that much harder to defend, having four legit options you could deploy at any point. And the versatility of the backs allows you to keep them on the field at all times because you can you can go four wide sets and split out Cole Fotheringham yeah. and Brant Keithy, and the defense has to adjust with personnel rather than adjusting with scheme. And, and that's something that allows you to be able to play with tempo. And I think that transitions us to the other aspect that we want to talk about here, which is the praise that Charlie Brewer is getting. Brewer comes from a system at Baylor where it is get the ball out quick and get the ball out accurately. And he's been repeatedly praised by everyone in the program for being able to do those two things. That could be monumental with this team because now you can play with tempo. And if this offense can be a ball control offense with accuracy, with tempo, uh, adding in all the ability that they have within the run game, now all of a sudden you're cooking with peanut oil, right? Yeah, absolutely. The the quick-hitting nature that uh, he has proven that he can do in the past in his playing career I think would bode very well. And he's a guy just – an. In conversations, listening to these interviews with the coaches and whatnot, he sounds like a guy who understands that, yes, my job is to get the ball to playmakers. Get it to them on time, when they need it, where it needs to be, and let them make the play. That's exactly what you want to have at quarterback. You want a guy who understands, yes, I, I'm I'm a critical part. I touch the ball on every single play, but I have got all these guys around me. I'm going to get the ball out to them when it needs to be there and let them make me look good. That is a recipe for success. And that's likely the difference that they're seeing with Charlie Brewer that they didn't see with Jake Bentley last year is mm-hmm. that ability to get the ball out quickly, to get it out with accuracy, to be able to move the offense efficiently. And and it's it's a guy that's experienced in that realm, and that's the benefit of playing in those up-tempo Big 12-style offenses where they may not have multiple reads and the progressions might not be as intense as they are at Utah, but those guys learn to react immediately and read before the snap. Yeah. And I think that's why the hype surrounding Brewer is likely more believable than it was in years past. Remember last year, Whittingham talked about both our quarterbacks are well, are doing well. Both of our quarterbacks are progressing mm-hmm. when realistically behind the scenes, everybody knew it was cam rising altogether. Now, Whittingham has been a little bit different. He's been high praise with Charlie Brewer, but always mentioning it's going to be a great competition in the fall. And I think that's twofold. One, it's because I think he probably believes at this point that they're good to go with Brewer, but he also wants to make sure that Cam Rising doesn't jump ship and try and go anywhere else so that they have depth at that position. And the other part of it, too, is I think Rising is a very tantalizing prospect. They are both talented in terms of getting, getting the ball where it needs to go, either by their arms or by their feet. Uh, Brewer is a running quarterback, a true dual threat, even though it doesn't necessarily seem like it. Yeah, he doesn't come in with that rep. There's no doubt about that. And and that's where I think the difference comes in in terms of the hype that we're hearing now as opposed to Jake Bentley last year. Yeah. I would be excited if you're a Utah fan because when I watched Baylor, I remember I've seen – I've seen him play multiple times, and the thing about what I liked about it it was he just made plays. That's the fun part about it, and it just goes up and down the field, motored that offense up and down the field, scoring points, and I know that last year wasn't as explosive as he had 
proven to be in previous years. But the good news is I think that Utah is going to be able to unlock this offense a little bit more with a quarterback who just understands that my role is to take the snap, get the ball out, and let's go make plays. He just needs to be John Hayes. That's all he needs to do. There's John enough playmakers Hayes. around right. him on the offense. We just spent 10 minutes talking about tight ends and how Utah has too many of them to get them all on the field. Sure. And that's the same same with running back. The one position where they're light, wide receiver, they're actually starting to develop some depth there now despite yeah. having a few injuries that they're trying to work through. And, and they'll without a doubt address that in the transfer portal and recruiting going forward. Mm-hmm. So there is his job is simple. It is don't screw it up. Yeah, don't screw it up. All right, we'll talk more about this. Obviously, the Utes are going to continue on with spring ball. Uh, the good news is, by the way, we we I know you talked about this, is that there will be fans in the stands at the spring game, and we should get a bigger look at what this offense can do finally for the first time at that spring game. So we'll examine that as it gets a little bit closer, but they continue on with spring ball here. All right, Brian, we'll give you guys our final thoughts, catch you up on everything else you need to know as a Utah fan here on a Wednesday here in just a few moments. Let's take a minute, though, and talk about our good friends at betonline.ag. Folks, they are the fastest and easiest way for you guys to get into the sports betting action. Major League Baseball is just underway. College Hoops just wrapped up their season. NBA still rolling on here. Hockey still going. And by the way, Brian, if you're a fan of, let's say, The Bachelor or, I don't know, any give me any reality TV show, Big Brother, you can even bet on that at BetOnline. Hello, friends. <laughs> it's a big week here at betonline.ag as we transition into the azaleas growing and blooming in April. It's Masters Week! Go out there and get your bets in on the Masters, too. There's a variety of different things that you can do, Jake, and that's what makes it fun. That's what makes it worthwhile. And the best part about it is, is it's super easy, so you don't get frustrated setting it all up while you're just anxious to go wager those Skittles. Yeah, I'm just waiting for the cease and desist that we just impersonated Mr. Nance. But, you know, we'll, 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 we'll wait on that. But in the meantime, you can go to betonline.ag, sign up for your free account, and also make sure you use the promo code Locked On. You guys can get a 50% welcome bonus right now, courtesy of our friends at BetOnline. You heard that right. A 50% bonus added on with your first deposit at betonline.ag. Take advantage of it all now and do it at betonline.ag. They are your online sportsbook experts. Folks, it's April, and the Locked On NFL Network of Podcasts is shifting into draft mode from April 19th through the 26th. Tune into the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Brian Baldinger, and Michael Lombardi. Stay tuned for more info about more info about where you can find the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021. It is presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, Brian, putting a capper on today's show. Let's talk about both the Pingin Utes, as well as the Utah softball program, they are both down in southern Utah in action. Pingin Utes and the Swingin' Utes, whatever it is that we need to do to delineate between them, but it was a good day. It was a great day to be a Ute, Mm -hmm. and while they do say that some days are better than others, it's hard to beat a day where you beat Dixie State 16-3, as the Utah baseball team did. They rolled in their revenge game, and that... My friend is a crime of passion. (laughs) 
It was, and that's pretty impressive because Dixie State's been a very proud program at both the JUCO and the Division II level. They're making the transition to Division One, and I've got no doubt that Dixie State's going to be a pretty dang good team just with the weather situation they find themselves in in the near future. But to go down there to Bruce Hurst Field and win 16-3 is very impressive. And then it's not to denigrate anything that Utah softball did. They beat Dixie State, the Trailblazers, 7-4. to So like you mentioned, great day to be a Ute on both the softball and baseball side of things and hoping that it continues for them throughout the rest of this week. Yep. Softball has a doubleheader coming up today. That one will start out at 3.30 against Dixie State, and they'll close off at, I believe, 5.30 or whenever the First game starts end, yeah. um, against SUU. And baseball's on their way home with a victory. Yeah, so, hey. Good times. Nothing like a quick... Not nothing like a quick road trip to Utah's Dixie and returning home with a win. Get on the bus. We're going down to St. George. We're coming right back, boys. But nonetheless, it's been a fun podcast. Hope you guys are all doing well out there. Make sure to follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Utes. Follow Brian and all his work at Brown Bear SLC. If you want to look me up, feel free to do so as well at Jacob C. Hatch. And feel free to weigh in anytime with your thoughts via email. LockedOnUtes at gmail.com is the email address. Tomorrow is a Twitter Thursday. If you guys do have your questions, feel free to send them in. We'd love to address them. Uh, you can do them via email or on social media. We'll hit those on tomorrow's podcast. And just want to say thanks again for joining us here on Locked On Utes. Have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Utes podcast for April 7th, 2021. And we will talk to you guys tomorrow. Tomorrow.